everybody, welcome back. Now, my goal is to spread the word of the amazing things podcasts can do for your business, for your brand, for your mission, for your community, community, whatever. But in order to share your message and share it well, the sound quality of your podcast matters. So over the course of this episode, I'm going to answer the questions. Why does sound quality matter in the first place? And how do you get high sound quality, high quality sound, however you want to say it, on your podcast? So in this episode, you're going to hear what sound quality of a podcast is exactly, how things like detailed edits and clarification edits will help your interview-based or business-based podcasts. I'm going to talk about the four reasons why sound quality matters, why sound quality is respectful to your audience, how harmful sound can actually be weaponized. And I'm going to talk about competition. Why would you? Why would someone choose your podcast with bad quality audio over one with good quality? And then finally, I'm going to go through my 10 hacks for getting really high quality sound. So I can hear you right now. You're asking this question in your head. But if I have great content, does my sound quality really matter? Content is king, right? I hear that phrase all the time. But I want to put it to you this way. Asking why the sound quality of your podcast matters is like asking why a restaurant needs to serve good, edible food. The sound quality of a podcast needs to be clear. It needs to be without distractions like background noise, hiss, distortion, distracting room reverb, etc. Otherwise, it's like listening to someone talk with food in their mouth or have them screaming at you. And, And that's not easy to listen to for a long time. If your content is good, I'll admit, listeners will put up with lesser quality, but they only put up with it for so long. More quality means more listeners in the long run. Now, if you're podcasting and you're not seeing growth right now, or you're seeing, you know, it's stagnant, it's plateaued, and you don't have great sound, you got to think about how many people are subscribing to your show for like three or four episodes and then leaving because they can't listen to it anymore. The bottom line is that if your sound sucks, people will stop listening no matter how good the content is. Shows that feature interviews uh, and shows that are intended for entrepreneurs, businesses, etc., they need to sound intelligent. And that also means doing things like detailed edits, getting rid of your um or uh, like, you know, just sort of that sort of stuff. And it also means clarification edits. So tightening up things if you repeat yourself, tightening up as much as possible. Your audience, your subscribers, they will stick with you if you make it easy for them to listen to your show without them getting annoyed or frustrated. So let's talk a little bit more about why does this matter. I've got a few reasons for you here. Reason number one is ease of use, okay? You need to sound good so that people can hear and understand you. Like I said, content is king, but poor audio quality is a distraction from your content. High-quality audio highlights your content. Your listeners just want to hear your message. They want to listen to the stories and take the information you're providing. The reason they chose to listen to a podcast because more than likely they are multitasking. And if they have to burn extra brain calories trying to cut through the literal noise of poor audio quality, then it totally defeats the purpose of consuming podcasts on the go for them. Your listeners want to feel like they're in the room with you. And if they're focusing to like try to understand you in the first place, or they're hearing your dog bark, they're ignoring your HVAC, your heat, your air conditioning, your message may be lost on them. 
Poor quality sound destroys the immersive nature of podcasts. Our brain is actually less forgiving of bad audio. Now, think about it this way. If you've ever watched a movie uh, and the audio is poorly produced, it really doesn't matter how good the story is or how beautiful the imagery is. You're going to get pulled out of that experience. YouTube actually tested this, and they found out that more people leave their videos if the audio is bad than if the video quality is bad. High-quality sound also makes it easier to consume the podcast in most environments, especially ones that have competitive noise. Say I live in a major city, for instance, and listen to shows while I'm running on the streets or on the subway. If you have a guest that used their built-in microphone on their computer and you recorded with some Blue Yeti microphone set to omnidirectional, you haven't mixed it, you haven't mastered it, you're competing for my attention with constant big city noise, cars, buses, people, planes, subway, you're going to lose. If I can't hear you over low-level traffic noise, for instance, I won't be listening to you. That, and that affects people even in cars and regular commutes. So ease of use is really important. Now let's go to reason number two. It's professionalism and authority. Why would you want your name attached to a half-assed product? Okay, The first impression when people hear you is most important. And with today's reasonably priced gear and experienced professionals like me around, poor sound can only be attributed to lack of knowledge or lack of help at this point. So people think, really, you don't care if you don't do this. Having good audio for your podcast establishes for your listener that you care enough about your area of experience to provide a quality product. And not only that, good sound, great sound gives the perception that you know what you're talking about. The harder it is for someone to listen to your podcast, the less likely they are to believe what you are saying. And as I've already said, and it's going to be harder to understand it as well. The bottom line is guests and hosts are perceived to be more knowledgeable, authoritative, and trustworthy if their podcast has high-quality audio. So let's talk about the third reason now, and that's just respect for your audience. When I help someone launch a podcast, I want to provide a great experience for the listener, and I'm not interested in wasting people's time. So the listener actually expects that the person most responsible for producing the podcast audio actually cares about them and their experience. Listeners will face this internal struggle when they encounter poor quality sound on a show they enjoy. They like the content, but they're uncomfortable with the sound, and you don't want to put them in that position. If someone is willing to download and listen to your show, you need to do everything you can to provide the best listening experience. Otherwise, your listener will justifiably unsubscribe or stop following you. Like I said before, the first impression is critical. And it's crucial that you get you deliver right away for them that high-quality sound. Think of it this way. If a listener is going to let my voice get within an inch of their eardrums, then I owe it to them to provide a comfortable and clear listening experience. I've stopped listening to many podcasts over the last 10 years or so because the host seemingly didn't care enough about me to make an investment in learning the basics of podcast production. I move on to a show and a host that has better sound quality. And more often than not, those hosts are releasing better content as well. And you've got to think about sound this way too. Harmful sound, so like if you've got clipping distortion in there or your S's are really loud, 
bad bad sound quality can actually cause physical damage to speakers. It can give people headaches. You can damage ears. You can make people ill. Think about all the the recent stories out of different places in the world where potentially sound has been weaponized. Okay, your podcast shouldn't be. Your podcast should not be hurting people. And then finally, the reason number four, competition. It's simply competition. You're competing with so many other things. You're competing with better sounding podcasts, music, professional grade audiobooks, YouTube, live video, TV, blogs, all this other type of content. You're competing with them and quality is only improving. Stuff gets better all the time. We don't watch black and white TV anymore, do we? Podcasts have improved too, and listeners know what high quality sounds like. Even things like Zoom that people are still using to record interviews have gotten better in their sound quality that they're providing. There are thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands, millions if you you want to listen to some inactive and dead shows, out there to choose from. Why would a listener choose you and choose to listen to bad audio? The highest rated shows, with very few exceptions, always have high quality sound. So it's really important. Those four reasons, why it matters, ease of use, professionalism and authority, respecting your audience and the competition you're dealing with. You've got to have high quality sound. So let's talk about how to actually get high quality sound. I'm going to share with you 10 hacks that you can use to make your podcast sound professional. I want you to have high quality sound on your podcast. Why? Besides the reasons I just suggested, I'm an audio engineer at heart. So this is the stuff that I love to teach people about. So I'm going to share with you 10 proven ways to improve your sound. Now you may, you, you heard me say this before, right? Okay. Asking why the sound matters is like asking why a restaurant needs to serve good edible food. If someone's willing to download and listen to your show, you got to provide them that good experience. Okay. So here are the 10 hacks um, that are going to make your podcast sound professional. Number one, start by understanding the basics of sound. It's important to understand things like signal flow, okay? And that's the path that your audio signal takes from the source to the output, the microphone to the speaker. And then there are audio formats you need to know. You need to know what actual audio formats are, MP3, WAV, AIFF, M4A. You need to know that MP4 is a video format and you shouldn't be encoding your podcast as an MP4 unless you have video with it. It's also important important to understand audio terminology. Okay, doing so will help you when you're troubleshooting issues that may arise or or at least help you convey to the person assisting you like me what issue you might be experiencing. You don't need to become a professional audio engineer to be a podcaster, but it's important to understand the way sound works and use or at least understand the correct terminology. Also, understanding how sound works will aid you and help you in getting the best sound for your podcast. Okay, so that's hack number one. Hack number two, set your room and environment up for success. Now, way before your gear, way before the software you're using, your room is the most important factor in sound quality. You need to make sure that it's quiet. Okay, can you turn off the air conditioning or the heat? Is there traffic outside? Is your computer making noise? Okay, things like if your computer is making noise, I have a hard drive that always introduces a vibration into my desk that gets into my microphone. So if it's making noise, can you put a a towel under it or some foam under it to soften or eliminate the sound and vibration of your computer's fan or your hard drive's fan? Remember to turn off all notifications, computer, phone, and any other annoying noises like television in the background, animals, whatever. Turn all that stuff off. Get it out of there. 
Hack number three is look into sound absorption and diffusion. To improve or create sound absorption in a room, you can hang up heavy drapes on the wall. Rugs are also a great absorber of sound if you have hard floors or hard things like that. Also think about diffusion. Okay, this this is how sound reflects on the walls and how the reflections are disrupted, diffusion, disrupted by things in your room. A great home remedy that you can actually use is bookcases. Bookcases, they serve two solutions because books can actually absorb sound and the odd shapes of them will disrupt reflections a little bit. Bookcases can help you actually reduce the reverb or echo in your room. Now, one final tip here is you want to try to stay away from walls if you can. The closer you are to a piece of drywall, or think of like even if you have a big monitor in front of you or a window, the closer you are, the more reflections the microphone is going to pick up, the bouncing off and coming back. But you don't want to be in the center of the room either. Okay, weird things can happen if you're in like a rectangular or square room, uh, sound waves bouncing off the walls. Weird things can happen when you're actually in that center point of the room. So be careful there, too. So act number four, record five seconds of silence. If you've done everything you can to reduce room noise and you're still picking up noise in your recordings, then what you can do is record five seconds of silence every time you record something. You can then use that five seconds of silence or what should be silence with noise reduction tools or plugins. So Audacity, which I still recommend, is a free tool. It still has a great noise reduction tool that you can use to analyze and strip out that noise. Hack number five, select the appropriate gear for you. Now, next week, I'm going to go through my whole gear list and the things that I recommend um, right now. But So stick around for that. But you've got to get the appropriate gear for your budget, for your type of voice, and for where you're recording. So once you have all of that set, then you need to take the time to learn to use it. Even if something says it's easy, even if something says it's plug and play, it often isn't. There's always a learning curve, so you have to be ready to spend the time to learn your gear. And like I said, next week in next week's episode, I'm going to go through a podcast gear and software roundup to get you up to date on what you should be buying these days if you're doing a podcast. So hack number six, don't immediately or automatically update your operating system when a new version comes out, whether this is on your mobile device or your desktop device. Once you've got your gear, your equipment, your workstation set up as you want it, and it sounds good, don't immediately update your operating system on your computer before checking to make sure that all of your apps and equipment work with the new version of the operating system. If you do update, you run the risk of messing with your setup. And the last thing you want is two hours before an interview, you turn everything on and it's not working because your computer's operating system updated. That's why I say don't um, update your operating system immediately or automatically. Figure it out, see if it works with everything you're using right then and get everything updated first before updating your operating system. Hack number seven, warm up. Okay, not just your own voice. Before recording, before conducting a podcast interview, you need to warm up. And I don't just mean you. Okay, Be sure to spend 10 minutes beforehand with your guests if you're doing an interview. As people get nervous, their voice becomes a little bit higher pitched. So by talking to your guests for a few minutes before you start recording, it helps loosen them up. It allows their voice to lower, sounding more pleasant and inviting. Okay, Just a few more hacks left. Hack eight. Your microphone choice and placement is important. Okay, I'm just going to say it right now. Don't buy a Blue Yeti. Just don't. I'll explain more next week, but don't buy a Blue Yeti. That is the microphone that causes more sound issues than any out there. 
What you need to do is buy a dynamic microphone. I recommend the Audio-Technica ATR2100X. I'll go into that more next week. But you got to get that microphone, and then you place your microphone one fist away from your mouth. Okay, your fist away from your mouth, and you want to put it off axis. This means rather than speaking directly into the microphone, you want to turn it about 45 degrees and speak slightly across it. Okay, you can then place the microphone just a little closer if you're using a dynamic microphone and you have some room noise that you're dealing with. But start at a fist away, and if you happen to hear a little bit extra noise in there, you can get slightly closer. And especially if you get closer, you need hack number nine, which is to use a pop filter. Okay, you want to use a pop filter to catch plosives, P's, B's, things like that. Okay, words that start with those letters. The pop filter, that's that lollipop with pantyhose looking thing on it that you see in recording studios or maybe in pictures. I'm not talking about the windscreen foam mic condom thing that goes on the microphone itself. This is the lollipop pantyhose looking thing that actually stops pops. The windscreen will stop pops a little bit, but it's more like it's names suggest it stops wind. Okay. And finally, that brings us to hack number 10, which is mixing mixing and mastering, okay? Plugins and EQ, okay? You can use plugins, and that's a tool that processes sound in a certain way. It's usually software to improve your audio. You can use it to improve your audio. Plugins are really good to know how to use and are actually pretty simple to use too if you, if you spend the time to learn them. One plugin you can use is called a high pass filter. Almost all digital audio workstation software have a high pass filter. It's a tool that allows only allows frequencies above a certain point that you set to get through the filter. So this is a great plugin to use with any mic pops that got through to your recording. At the opposite end of the spectrum, you have the deesser plugin. The deesser is exactly what it sounds like. It takes the S frequencies that causes headaches and squishes it down. Okay, it removes that hiss or S sound from your audio track. You want to do this because it does cause headaches and it can get really annoying for people. You you've undoubtedly heard a podcast host where you're like, "Wow, those S's hurt every time I hear them in my earbuds." Okay, and lastly, let's talk about EQ. So for the human voice, you really only need to know four things about EQ plugins. First of all, you need to boost 100 hertz, okay? That gives the voice warmth. So think about Barry White. For female voices, you might want to think around 150 hertz, okay? That'll give you warmth if you boost there. At 300 hertz, nothing really good happens there. So you can pull that down, clean up your sound a little bit. Now, if you think you sound nasal, you can pull down around 2 kilohertz, so 2,000 hertz. And then boosting 5 kilohertz or 5,000 hertz will actually increase clarity, presence, diction, things like that, which will make it easier for people to understand what you're saying. So again, while it's true that you're, you've got to have good content, and if you have good content, listeners will show up, they'll put up with lesser quality, remember they're not going to stick around indefinitely. A quality-driven and professional-sounding podcast means more listeners in the long run. So do yourself and your listeners a favor and start implementing some or all of the strategies that I shared with you today. And you can start today just by downloading my podcast roadmap. Some of this information is in there. Go to dannyosmond.com slash roadmap. If you're struggling with time implementation or you just feel like all this stuff I just talked about is over your head, definitely visit our agency website, emeraldcitypro.com. 
where we offer services and packages for all your podcast launch and podcast production needs. There's there's no reason that you have to go through this alone uh, if you can afford a little bit of help. So I want to thank you for joining me today. Go get my roadmap if you need help, dannyosmond.com slash roadmap. And I would really appreciate it if you could take the time, if you, if you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you know who is thinking about starting a podcast or maybe has a podcast. This is stuff that current podcasters can use as well. And if you have the time, I'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you listen, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Google or whatever. Just go let other people know through a rating and review why you like this podcast. And it really helps me out. It really helps spread the word so that people can find the help that they need. Thank you again. And I will be back next week to talk through my latest pod gear, uh, podcast gear roundup. So I hope you'll join me then.